Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I may have been just a little premature when I titled last week's H2P podcast, This is a Different Pit Football Team. Because <laughs> I, whoo, did I play myself with that one. Now, uh, of course, this is the H2P podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to this show like every other DKPittsburghSports.com podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. Check out all our work that we do all day, every day, throughout the week, covering all Pittsburgh sports uh, right here for free. But man, Pitt fans, this is a rough one. And this is the one we were all talking about. It's funny. I was talking to Doran Dickerson after the final word last week. And he said to me, to my face, they better not sleep on Western Michigan because they're going to catch them if they do. But see, here's the crazy thing. I don't think Pitt, quote unquote, slept on Western Michigan. I think they just flat out got beat. And that's the problem here. Now, if you read my article, which breaks everything down, I talk about Kenny Pickett having a career day. He went 23 of 31, 382 passing yards, six touchdowns, one interception, did lose, I believe, uh, what, one fumble, two fumbles. But point being, the man put up six touchdowns through the air while also leading the team with 10 rushes for 49 yards. What else more do you need from your quarterback, your fifth-year quarterback who came back Another year when he could have gone to the NFL. Now, granted, I don't think he would have gotten picked as high as he wanted to in the NFL. So this is also a mutually beneficial thing. I don't think this was a, oh, I'm just going to save Pitt. It was a, no, I need to clean some things up type of thing. The way that I think a lot of Pitt fans wanted Justin Champagne to stick around for, for Pitt for one more year to, so he can get you know more a higher standing in the NBA draft. But man, there ain't no hiding in this one. And I'm one, you know me if you listen to me. I, I give coaches a lot of room. I have never called for Pat Narduzzi's job. I still want to this very moment. But I ain't going to argue with you if you uh, if you call for it after this one. I will say this. This is, because here's the thing. If, if, if Pitt rebounds from this, it's a different story. 
They beat New Hampshire. Let's say they start ACC play and they and they show they turn things around and they are five and one going into Clemson. That would change a lot right here. That would just make this man. That's a bad loss, but hey, they rebounded. But in the in the right here and now, we got some very obvious problems, and it's that Pat is against change. And I'm not talking changing coaches, although some people may argue that about Mark Whipple. Though, again, Mark Whipple's uh, Mark Whipple, I mean, I'll get to Mark Whipple in a minute. Because if you read my article, you know how I feel about things with Pitt, Pitt's offense, even though they did put up 41 points. By the way, three straight games with 40 or more points never has happened in Pitt football history. Now, back, back, back to Pat. Pat is unchanging in his ways. He's going to he's going to come at you with the same way and beat you over the head with it. Even if you block the first five shots, he's going to keep hitting you with the same punches until eventually your hands drop and he wins the fight. The problem is if you do that for seven years, which he's now in his seventh year, you become a lot more predictable to beat. And boy, did head coach of Western Michigan University football team Tim Lester illuminate that. Because he said after the game, talking about Pat Narduzzi. Now, for those who don't know, Tim Lester was the offensive coordinator for Syracuse back in 2015. Pitt beat, 20, Pitt beat them 23-20 that game. But Tim Lester said after the game that he watched that tape 300 times quote I've watched that game 300 times this week I knew where they were going to come from and how they were going to fit and what our matchups are going to be and what variety of matchups we are going to need to keep the safety off balance and man did they keep pit safeties off balance because as I wrote in my article with my lead what Eric Hallett got knocked out by Brandon Hill who was coming over to help far too late on a deep ball and Eric Hallett he allowed the reception, but he at least had his man wrapped up. He was going to bring him down. It was going to be like, all right, good pass, but you know we'll get you next time. No, Brandon Hill comes over and knocks him out the game. Eric Hallett never returned. That's That, that was my this-defines-the-game moment. And the problem is nothing's going to change in this defense. They're still going to try to bring the same blitzes. They're still going to try and live with... Uh, Live, live with you know with with cornerbacks that are in single coverage and asking them to do way more than they're capable of, and not adjusting to their skill sets. And instead of adjusting to their skill sets, you're going to keep rotating guys until someone figures that figures figures out how to do it best out there. But this is what happens when someone tees off on you, sees your scheme, and is like, "I'm going to exploit that." And you know what? Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure coaches have done it. They just didn't drop a microphone as hard as Tim Lester did after the game. And I wrote this in my my post-game article. If Pat Narduzzi can't make changes under him to stop this kind of stuff from happening, there need to be changes that happen over him. Or I guess with him is my point. Not necessarily Heather like. I'm again, I think it's too early for I, I think it's too early for that too, but Point being, this was an unacceptable loss for Pitt. If we were dealing with COVID, like last year, 
Still unacceptable, but more of a saving grace there because, you know, Jalen Twyman opted out. You didn't expect that until the very beginning of the season, blah, blah, blah. If this was his first or second year coaching, well, you know, he's trying to establish the program. He's pulling up. He's trying to pull him up of mediocrity. He has to set the tone, blah, blah, blah. All those are gone. You've been in the program for seven years. You had a quarterback that's, that's been in your program for five years. He played a phenomenal game, even though he got hurt. You were playing an inferior opponent, and they were an inferior opponent. I will not hear anything else. Though I will say Caleb Ellaby, heck of a game from him. He did play very well. And Pat Narduzzi said, watch out for that guy. And uh, apparently they watched out for him, and it didn't matter. And listen, I'm, I'm not one to just bash. I'm not here to just bash and say and point fingers and say, you stink, you stink, you stink. That's I, I, I don't like doing that. I'm a football guy. I love to break down X's and O's. I love to look at things. But, man, the more I feel like diving into the minutia, because I've, I've dived into some of the minutia on my own or dove into, jeez, learn English, Carter, dove into the minutia. And the more I look at it, it's just like, inconsistency here inconsistency there inconsistency there and just problem here problem and it's just wildfires that keep sparking up and to me it's just like there's this needs to stop you know if there's a if there's a if there's just a place that you don't got the guy different story but i think they got the guys to compete they just need to mix up how they're using them i want to really talk about this offense because as much as they scored I still got a problem with him. I still got problems with him. Mark Whipple, why? I'm sure that's what so many Pitt fans have said for so long. I'll address that in the second segment right here on the HTV Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Stay right with me. on the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing the show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars on Apple, the positive comment. It really helps out, not just our show, but everyone on the DKPittsburghSports.com podcast. Now back to my roasting. Uh, just kidding. I'm not here to roast by him. I'm here to be objective and explain what uh, what happened here. But I, I want to read. I, I want to read you this 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 thing that I wrote because I, I I really meant it when I wrote it in this post game article, talking about Pitt's run game or the lack of a run game. And this is why I want you to go read it so you can see the whole thing. I'm just going to read you this paragraph. Quote: Pitt's run game is still a non-existent mystery, shrouded in Whipple's futile machinations. Whipple's offense has simply been based on Pickett playing the role of Superman while Pitt's receivers and tight ends being his supporting cast of a Justice League and the run game being the citizens they save from certain disaster. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't see the genius pass play dials up, dial-ups. You know, when Matt Cannon was the offensive coordinator and Nathan Peterman was chucking the ball over the place, you could tell, man, Derek, they caught them off guard here. They caught them off guard here. Man, the defense had no, they had no way to saw. They were outplaying teams that had, that had more skill on the other side. 
that Clemson game, they had no business being in a part of it. But because Matt Matt Cannon was able to get things going, and Nathan Peterman and James Conner, like all, they, they were lighting it up. And teams couldn't tell where they were coming from. And I know they lost this game, but they this is thirty. This is three straight games with forty or more points for Pitt's offense, and that deserves credit to Kenny Pickett for doing that. But when you face a team that's going to have some DBs and they can and they can make life harder for you, this ain't going to work because you don't have a run game. And there's no signs that you're going to have a run game. It'd be different if your running back was hurt or if your key lineman was hurt or if something was going along those lines. But every week it's something else. And I asked Pat Narduzzi about his run game. And I, why isn't it consistent yet on last Monday? And he told me, well, I think being able to get the ball with five minutes left of the game and running the clock out, I think that is consistency. And I'm like, hey, you know what? For that last drive it was. But for the rest of the game against Tennessee, it was not. And it's been that case week one, week two, week three. Even against... UMass. I almost called him Austin P because that's basically the same thing with the, what they meant to this team. Even against UMass, the run game didn't really take over until the second half when the offensive line was like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. And to be to regret, they did make some adjustments there and they made that thing happen. And, and they were up against some serious SEC dudes last week but this was the week you needed to, to straighten it out this was the and this, I, this was my preview my kickoff article i said this is the week you got to establish the run right here right now because on top of you scoring all these points you scored them so fast you're putting your defense back out there and while it's great that you're putting up points with kenny pickett that defense and sarasa dennis i asked him this after the game he said no nah, we weren't gassed but they don't don't lie savas you, you you ain't gonna say that you're gassed i get it but come on man they're lighting you up left and right, and you're putting them right back out there because you. And again, you go no, you go no, no huddle, up tempo. Give me something else, man. I mean, jeez. And the thing is, is that when I look at this, at this pit team, the reason. I, I, I will not call for Pat Narduzzi's head. That's not how I operate because, again, th- this season can be turned around. I've seen crazier things happen. But if this is another, well, yeah, 12 games, 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five season, yeah, it might be that time. Because this is the year with 27 seniors – with your seventh year coaching the program, everybody gets the message. There's no more. I need to get, make sure that everyone knows what we got, what we're about. All that's gone. The road for those buying buying more time, excuses and sayings and reasons, because some of them were legit reasons. COVID nineteen. They lost Jalen Twyman before the season started, and he was supposed to be their best defender. And I do think if you put Jalen Twyman in those in those BC. And NC State games, they win those games, and maybe that, and then that's a nine-win season last year. And everyone's t- looking at this Pitt team a lot differently. And I give Pat Narduzzi that credit, and I said, I said it back then, and I say, I still say it now. I give him that, but not this year. You got Kenny Pickett. You got all these seniors. You got leadership across the board. You gotta make it happen. And I even said, you heard me last week, and I even said this is why I, was, I started off the show by saying maybe I was pre- too mature. But last week, I felt like, hey, this is different. Yes, the other team scored a good, good amount of points. 
But you know, it's an SEC team. They got a lot of athletes. You, you haven't played an SEC team in like eight years. I'm willing to give you some, some space there, but not with this. Now they have to play New Hampshire next week. They're 3-0 and and you know, not another non-Power 5 conference team and a team that they're going to have to take seriously. And if they, if, if I'm another team, I just, again, I just watch that. I say, hey, we're going to run the RPO this week and see how we do. And see if we light this pit offense up or pit defense up. And we will just make it so that Kenny Pickett might have to turn the ball over a few times if he wants to throw it deep on us. Also, Jordan Addison, Lucas Carl, phenomenal games. Jared Wayne, phenomenal game. And again, I'm not too mad at Vincent Davis as a running back. I actually think he's a hard runner. I do think Israel Abadikana needs to be... Someone needs to be given a shot to actually run the doggone ball. Run it with power. Run run something. Do something. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I don't, somebody needs a shot. But nobody's averaging more than 40 yards per game on the ground. And the leading rusher on the team is Kenny Pickett. If, if you're an old Looney, Looney Tunes fan, you remember Baseball Bugs, the best, the best Bugs Bunny cartoon of all time. It was like when, he, when they announced names, first base, Bugs Bunny, second base, Bugs Bunny, shortstop, Bugs Bunny, catcher, Bugs Bunny, left field, Bugs Bunny. That's how I feel about Kenny Pickett. He's doing everything. He might, he might catch a touchdown next week. Heck, he caught a touchdown two years ago against UCF. He's literally ran and caught and, touch, and thrown touchdowns. That guy's phenomenal. Also, in a game where he passed Dan Marino, this was this. If if the defense is just a little bit better in this game, even if they were still bad, but just a little bit better and they win this game, I I would have still pulled out of this. You know what? Things didn't go right for you. You had some disasters, but you still found a way to win. And on a career day for Kenny Pickett, because not only did he throw for six touchdowns, which was a double his career high. Not only did he pass Dan Marino and Tino Sincere to be the second all-time leading passer in program history, but he did it in a day where he, one, was knocked out of the game, looked like he was in serious pain. And you know if Kenny shows on, on his face, if he's kicking the, ground, the, the field the way he was when he took that hit, you know that hurt. You know he was in some serious pain. When they took him to the locker room, I was like, oh, this is bad. Granted, Nick Patty didn't look bad when he was out there, though. But, but point being, when he, when he came back out that very next drive, I was like, man, that, 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 you keep saying he's a warrior. And then he took the knee to the head on the 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 the, the roughing call that was picked up, and it was a legitimate pickup of a flag. I don't care what anybody says. That dude, that, that kid was trying to dive over Kenny as he slid. Kenny popped up really quickly, and the kid's knee hit his head. It was just very unfortunate. It sucks for Kenny, but it was that that was football. But that was that was the signature game for Kenny Pickett, and it's a loss. There's no more excuses. And here's the thing: Pat doesn't need to make excuses. He needs to go back in. Look, guys, we got the next game plan. Boom, 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 boom. And you know, if that means, hey, we're we're changing up some, some philosophy things on defense, we're gonna do some things different next week. Randy Bates, go change, do this, change it up, do it, do whatever you gotta do, make that happen. Because it's desperation time at Pitt. And not desperation time where I'm saying just you know, bench all your starters or whatever. But I'm saying something got to change on defense because this ain't going to work this year with the crew that you got. And if something don't change, and this is another mediocre year, and I know some of you are like, well, it's already a mediocre year. I'm saying if it ends up that way, well then, serious question time at the end of the year. I was against that last year, especially with the turnaround they had. But they need that kind of a turnaround right now. In this season. Not just a win over New Hampshire. A dominant win. Where there's some progress. 
where the defense is not getting torched by random plays and the run game is bowling some people over or making something work to that effect. Because if you play like this for the rest of the season, the ACC is going to cook you in a year where the ACC is cooked. And that ain't going to look good. I hope that you Pitt fans appreciated my passion there. I'm Chris Carter here on the HTP Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned. we got a lot of stuff, great stuff coming your way. Pitt will be back on next week against New Hampshire. The Steelers play the Raiders. Get ready for all the great coverage from DK and, De- and uh, Dale Lolly. They'll be at the stadium. I'm Chris Carter. Follow us here. We'll be back in a year soon. Ladies and gentlemen.